Okay, this is Moses Allison, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andros Jones. Welcome to the Radio 8-Ball, give us a shake. We're here in your ear, tempting fate wherever you are. Questions put to songs randomly. Welcome back to Radio 8-Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here in the studio with Eleni Mandel. Hi. Providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations and joining us on the phone from an undisclosed location in Hollywood, California, we have the great Chuck E. Weiss. Welcome back to Radio 8-Ball, Chuck E. Oh, thank you, brother. Um, uh, it's great to be back. And uh, you and Eleni go back a long way. We do go back. We, we, it doesn't seem like it, but, you know, now that I uh, give it uh, a little bit of thought, it's been a long time. Well, I know. It really has. 1990, day yeah, we, after Thanksgiving, that's when we met. 1990, day after Thanksgiving. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm Musso and Frank. That's right. Aw. And Eleni was telling us, uh, we, were, we were talking about Highland Grounds, and she was talking about working the door for you back in the day. Well, her, uh, she had a boyfriend at this time, and uh, out of the goodness of my heart, I gave him a job at the door, too, and he ended up uh, filtering. Did he really? Uh, my door money. I didn't know and, that. Uh, uh, oh, he, I mean, he took more money from me than you, I'm sure. Well, I, uh, yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I don't know how much he took from me. He sounds like a real prize. He sounds he like a, a real great, prize. A really great guy. But there must have better, there must be other memories about Eleni than just her well, bad taste in boyfriends. Oh, shut up. I remember Chuck used to test me to see how good a strong of a door person I was so he would show me how he wanted me to hold a wad of cash and then he would try to grab it out of my hand to see if, if I was strong enough to uh, work for him successfully and I think I passed that's uh, those, are, is that is that a lesson you've had to teach other people is that something that someone taught you Chuck what's what's that well the idea like a lady saying that uh, that you taught her how to be a door person by trying to grab the money out of her hand. Is that something that you'd experience of like people trying to grab the money out of your door person's hand in the past? Uh, yeah, it depends on you know where it is, but yeah, I've had that happen. Uh, it's it it's not a major problem, but it has happened. Now I should say sure. that for for people, and I, uh, I'd encourage people to check out your last appearance on the show with All Day Sucker, where we went into a little bit of your history. But for people who don't know who you are, for a lot of us, we, uh, for at least for myself, one of the first places that I was ever able to go as a bar when I was 21 was the Central, and I would go and watch 
you and the goddamn liars at your residency there. And it was just uh, like a master class in what to me was like a, the purest form of old school rock and roll that I'd experienced up till that point. And, uh, and, and I always encourage people who listen to this to go check out your music. Certainly, you have, uh, there's other, I suppose there's other claims to fame, but, but really for me it lives, particularly on your record, Extremely Cool, which I, I'm always championing to people. I think it's just a fantastic, fantastic record. Oh, thank you. I sure appreciate that. But uh, I got to tell you, my best memory of Eleni is that uh, accidentally she was humming along back in 1990. I heard her hum along, and I knew from her humming that she was a natural. Aww. I could tell. I could tell right away she was a natural. And I tried my best to encourage her to... Uh, perform live because I knew she had told me that she wrote some songs he's making me cry no because he he was my mentor he did so much for me did you ever did you ever play together have you have you performed together no well, not really we no, always no. said we would yeah, I mean she uh, she has set in with uh, my trio before and I think she set in with my band. Oh. Yeah, maybe. But I have a cassette tape of us singing. Remember, ooh-wee, baby. That song, we were going to re- record a cover of it. And we there's a cassette somewhere that I have of us singing that together. Ooh-wee, yeah, baby, cool. baby, you're so fun. That one. We could still do that. Yeah. And then we you, could still do you know, that. I, I miss liked, you, Chuck. I liked the rawness of uh, of the way it was done originally with that uh, raggedy piano. It just sounded so good. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Awesome. So, uh, so Chuck, what is what's your you know you know the the game here? What's your question for the Pop Oracle that's going to be answered by Eleni's beautiful music? Well, what I'm wondering is why can't I? get any soup bones at the market anymore. <laughs> uh, I've been to Ralph's and I've been to uh, Gelson's. I even, uh, and Trader Joe's, and I'm unable to get soup bones, but preferably the knuckle bones. Dude, you speak in rock and roll. That sounds like a, that sounds like a rock and roll lyric, but that's a great question. And now, to engage the Pop Oracle on his behalf, I'm going to spin the Wheel of Eight. Na, 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 Wheel of Eight. And the answer is song number three, Home. No way, really? Yeah. It's so weird. She said, Charlie, boy, she knows you're sweet From the hat on your head to the shoes on your feet She's seen you walking and she knows where you go Home, home, home She only wanted to love you Well, she never could, but she wanted to She dreamed about all of the places you'd go 
Home from Eleni Mandel, the answer to Chucky Weiss's question, why can't I get any good soup bones in the supermarket anymore? <laughs> and uh, let's just toss this over to Eleni. You had immediate, an immediate reaction to that. What was, uh, what was it that struck you so much about that? Um, well, you know, I wrote that song for you. Yeah. And um, it was one of the first songs I ever wrote that I thought was pretty good. And then you told me it was good. So I felt like it was the first, you know, it was like my road, my arrow pointing to I'm I'm supposed to play music. That's, you know, it was my validation that I needed. And then you knew I was a big fan of Tom's. And so that was the song you said, I'm, you know, wear your blue dress and bring your guitar. I want Tom to hear you play tonight. And um, And that's the song I played. And then he told me it was good. And I always said... If it wasn't for for that, for the validation um, from both of you, then 
I, I don't know. I might have ended up a lawyer. <laughs> so it wow. means a lot to me. Well, that song speaks for itself. That's all I have to say. Never did need any validation. It was really great. Right out of the box. Matter of fact, uh, you used to, there's a Russian version of that, isn't there? <laughs> there's a Russian version? Yeah. He used to always tease me. He used to always tease me with that. Um, yeah, well, um, yeah, back to the soup bones. Well, well, I just, I mean, I think about it is, is the kind of thing is that that's, it's like an old school thing. And it, that's, uh, you know, you got to find, I guess the reason, the reason it's hard to find that is because the businesses, the supermarkets, they're, they're, they're less connected to our place and then, then maybe in what we what we grew up in and what we're used to. What do you use the soup bones for? Is this, I mean, you're making them? What hey, kind brother, of... I really do make soup. Yeah, what kind of soup do you make? Well, usually <clears throat> I like to bean, bean, uh, a lot of bean, mushroom, vegetable uh, combination. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I keep the bones in. And when the soup's all done, I love to chew on the bones, sure. You actually you you pull the you pull the bones out and chew on you're the usually people give them to the dog isn't that isn't that kind of the the thing I've never had a dog and I I don't cook a lot of soup so I'm a little bit out of my depth I can talk about songs well, my, but my mom used to do that when she made soup she'd give it to the dog but I have cats and uh, I don't want to give them something that's been cooked I would give it to them without cooking it no problem. But if you give it to them after it's been cooked, they could get a sliver and uh, choke on it. And we do not want that. How many cats do you have, Chuck? Well, I have uh, two. Uh, I've had as many as four, but I'm down to two. So, I mean, it's funny because I I mean, I just think of you as such a cat that it's I love that you have cats. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Leo myself, so I have an affinity for... For cat people, uh, and for and for the for the movie cat people, both of them actually. I, everything, all anything cats, I'm I dig. Elena so, used to have cats when I lived. Um, Chuck got me my first apartment in the same complex where he lives, which is one of the old Hollywood kind of courtyard apartments, and I had cats there. That's the last time I ever had cats. <laughs> where, you have them. Where was that apartment? Right in Hollywood. On Argyle. Yeah. Oh, right, on Argyle. Right by the freeway. I love those old Hollywood places. Yeah, uh, oh, they're all over the place, man. They're usually uh, really cool. Uh, you now, uh, now, Chuck. I don't know. Are you originally from from California? Or are you? Uh, are did you move out here at some point? I moved out here. Um, I'm originally from uh, Denver, Colorado. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's what I say. Oh, and uh, I moved out here and uh, at different times in my life. Uh, my dad had an aunt who was an ex Zigfield lady, and I moved out here to stay with her when I got in some trouble at school. It was my dad's aunt, and he told me, be careful. She kicked me out uh, after two weeks. So you better be good. 
so naturally she kicked me out after two weeks also. Okay, so that's one time. And then another time I came here, just uh, on my way from driving around the country. And then uh, the last time I came here was to write some songs with uh, Tom Waits on an album uh, called Nighthawks at the Diner. And then I stayed. That's a pretty good intro to L.A., I think. I wasn't aware that you contributed to Nighthawks at the Diner. He's on the cover. Well, I wasn't a, a big contribution. I just co-wrote a couple of songs. Just co-wrote a couple I of songs I, on one of the greatest records. Yeah, just that. But I, but I felt, I felt like I was really a part of something great, and uh, uh, so you know, it, it was, it was a much bigger deal for me than it really was in actuality, I guess. I think that's a lot of people's Hollywood story. You know, you come out here and you're wide-eyed and you just see, you know, it seems so impossible. And then you find yourself in the midst of it. I'm sure that Elaney had the similar experience finding herself hanging out with you and playing a song for Tom Waits through you. And, I, you know, that's in a way, I think that that is the the purest quintessential Hollywood experience before you know that it's possible. And all of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of it. And certainly finding yourself in the middle of the Tom Waits scene at that time. You know, I'm actually kind of curious. This is something I was thinking about. This is just a little bit of rock rock history. I'm going to go down a little rabbit hole here. Are, are either of you familiar with Jack T. Chick tracks? They're the little Christian uh, proselytizing pamphlets like comic books. I would always find I was I took a lot of public transportation. I'd find them and they'd scare the scare me to death. Um, you know, and I, I just found out that he was from Rancho Cucamonga. And then I was thinking, well, that's crazy that this guy, Jack T. Chick, who's this, is from the same place that Frank Zappa and um, Captain Beefheart are from. And then I was thinking about, I was thinking recently about Lowell George because we had Anara on the show and how he came out of the Frank Zappa scene and how Tom, Tom Waits came out of the Frank Zappa scene. And so as someone, this is, I'm going, I'm getting to a point here, as someone who was working with Tom Waits around that time, did you feel the influence of Frank Zappa around it? Was it still, was he still a presence in the Tom Waits world at that time? Or was, was that just not well, sort of yeah. a non-issue? No, he was. Uh, because Tom was uh, managed by the same uh, people that uh, managed Frank. And actually, Frank was a co-manager uh, at that time <clears throat> with uh, with that manager who was Herb Cohn. They were partners. They had uh, what you call Larry, uh, Larry Wildman Fisher. And they had... Uh, Oh man, the name of the piano player. Oh, I forgot his name. The guy that played piano with Frank. What was that guy's name? Hmm. Remember? I don't. Anyway, yeah. pretty famous guy. I think. Oh, God, I can't. It uh, just escapes me right now. And they, you know, and Flo and Eddie, and they had a, they had a whole little uh, uh, shop down there on uh, Gower and uh, Sunset where the offices were, and I came down there quite often. Uh, and and Frank was uh, a part of it, but I don't think, uh, I don't think he was really ever really involved with Tom. I think what happened was uh, Tom had opened the show for him 
on the road a few times, and then that was that. I don't think they ever uh, had a relationship after that. Was the keyboard player uh, Tommy Mars? No. Oh, I'm doing some research. I was just looking online, seeing if I could find him. No, uh, it was... Uh, God, I can't remember the guy's name, man. There's a... Uh, I'm going to say George, but... George Duke. Uh, Was it George Duke? George Duke. There you go. That's it. Okay, we got it. Yeah. I always just think that's a really... I don't think a lot of people connect that dot of uh, Zappa to Tom Waits. I don't know if we uh, we actually found a way to help you find soup bones in the supermarket. Well, I live near a, a schmancy uh, butcher shop now, Chuck, up on um, Hillhurst, so I'll get you some soup bones. Make sure they're knuckle bones. Okay. <laughs> make sure they're knuckle bones. Well, we're hooking you up here. We're, we're going to make sure you get your bones, uh, Chucky. And uh, as always, thank you so much for being a part of this. And just thank you for everything everything you've you've given. Your music has meant so much to so many of us. Hey, no problem, brother. <clears throat> it's always a pleasure. Bye, Laney. Bye. I'm yelling and yeah. didn't mean to yell into the mic. That's okay. <laughs> that was crazy. We do a lot of crying on this show. So do you really? You're not the first person to cry on this show. I've done it. Morty did, Morty did it. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.